Welcome to the CXO Spotlight, part of the Light Reading Podcast Network. My name is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm recording this from Fort Worth, Texas. President Joe Biden on Tuesday, August 9th, signed a bill that will provide $52.7 billion in subsidies for the U.S. semiconductor industry production and research. The bill he signed is called the Chips and Sciences Act, and it aims to boost efforts to make the U.S. more competitive with China. And joining me to discuss the new law and optical networking in general is Infinera CEO David Hurd. Hi, David. How are you? Hey, Phil. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's uh, my pleasure, and thanks for um, uh, making a bit of time. So um, what was your reaction when this bill, when you heard that this bill was signed? Well, Phil, you're in Fort Worth, so it was yee-haw. Uh, <laughs> very, very happy, you know, in this kind of politically divisive environment that we live in daily, right? Mm. Something that bipartisan view of something that's really good for consumers, good for businesses, and good for America. So I'm really happy. So good all the way around. Yeah. Um, how does this uh, act? You know, so it's it's obviously it's it's earmarking a lot of money to help with very you know some very specific uh, sort of efforts in the in the U.S. technology sector related to semiconductor production, semiconductor research, capital equipment, and those sorts of things. How does it help a company like Infinera as a business? You know, most people don't realize, you know, Infinera is a, a company that builds its own semiconductors for the optical industry. Mm. And so uh, we not only build the semiconductors, but we also build uh, systems that can house them. And it's a very capital intensive labor uh, of, of investing both in capital research and development and the people to be able to make that work. But mm. Phil, in a network, um, the, the semiconductors are, are what's driving the predominance of the bill of materials. So it's driving the, you know, the cost effectiveness of the solutions that are out there servicing our customers. Mm -hmm. It's also driving the Moore's law uh, in terms of performance of the network and this enormous bandwidth that's hitting us uh, in terms of effectivity. And lastly, we've all lived through the last two years of supply chain. Right. And today, well, almost 50% of the semiconductor revenues are from the U.S. It's only 13% hmm. of the production comes from the U.S. Hmm. And we've just lived through two years of starving supply chain that, you know, this kind of capital helps companies like this accelerate our innovation. Because hmm. quite frankly, we, we, can't, we can't afford to do that ourselves, to, you know, to kind of double the speed of innovation that we're able to bring to market. Yeah, especially in the in um, things like semiconductor manufacturing, where the yeah where the capital equipment outlay is is so high, and when plants and and fabrication facilities are built, they usually just you know they can't really just have one purpose and one product. It's got to be um, you know something that benefits uh, either a long term vision or a wide number of industries, I guess. That's exactly right. Although, you know, most people think about semiconductors and you think of kind of the big names, right? You know, the Intel, Intel's and the AMD mm -hmm. world. Um, and, and, you know, that's kind of a $560 billion market. But actually underlying, you know, like the optical market and the sensing market, all the sensors that are going into cars and LIDAR, that mm -hmm. is a compound semiconductor market as well. And you're right. Um, those are things that require investment. 
And, you know, our biggest competitor in the optical semiconductor world is actually Huawei in China. Mm-hmm. And so by us now having, you know, we're the only U.S. company doing high-end optical semiconductors built in the United States, meaning we have a fab in California. We have a, our packaging facility in Pennsylvania. And, you know, for years, everybody said, boy, that's been a disadvantage because all of everybody else is sourcing their products from China. Right. And, and now we think it's going to be an advantage. And now the government can help us accelerate the speed of that innovation to bring, call it Moore's Law, faster to optical networks for Meta, for AT&T, for <laughs> the U.S. Mm-hmm. government that relies on these secure optical networks to move all of the bits around in the network. Yeah. If I'm getting a, you know, I don't want to go too far out of my depth here, but so you fabricate, is it indium phosphide semiconductors, right? And that, we that do. Goes, yeah. Correct. It goes into, uh, so the photonic integrated circuits, that's the company's kind of primary technological advantage. And that's the material platform that sort of is behind that technology. Is that right? That's right. We build wafers out of indium phosphide versus silicon, but they're mm-hmm. still semiconductors and, and again, right. require that same fabrication kind of capability uh, and capital and research and development as traditional semiconductors. The bill, uh, for those who were, you know, kind of curious, the bill was also, uh, you know, par- parts of it included uh, investment tax credits for chip plants that uh, were estimated to be worth $24 billion. And that's going to help people, you know, accelerate the manufacturing of the facilities to build chips. Um, it also authorized like $200 billion over 10 years for scientific research to make the U.S. more competitive. That's going to require some more congressional doings to unlock, you know, uh, to appropriate those funds, you know, specifically. But I mean, overall, it is. I mean, it's funny because we we can only say this a handful of times, but this is really landmark legislation for for the industry. Um, what uh, what do you think is going to be the uh, the knock on effect of uh, this for the optical networking space generally? Yeah, for us, it's going to mean uh, being able to, again, put out generations of technology uh, in shorter cycles. Okay. What that allows us to do is, you know, to our customer base, whether it be us selling those optical chipsets and pluggables to, uh, again, someone like an Amazon or a Meta or a Verizon or an AT&T or a Telefonica, um, or by the way, to a network equipment manufacturer like a Juniper, it, it says that we can now bring those innovations to drive lower cost per bit. And again, Moore's law, you know, put more yeah. bits across a fiber. Um, yeah. And that means, you know, better quality, higher speeds uh, for yourself as a consumer and to enable 5G and 6G uh, going forward. So it just means faster pace to to bring, again, both higher quality as well as efficiency into the network. How um, uh, I want to talk about Infinera as a company real quick, but, I, but I'm curious about the competitive dynamics since you brought it up. Uh, the, you know, uh, you know, Huawei has been effectively, you know, neutralized or not as much of a factor in the US and Europe, you know, as far as selling uh, telecom equipment. Now, obviously that's not all they do. They do, like you said, they make semiconductors, they make soft, you know, software, smartphones, all kinds of things. Sure. Um, 
how have the competitive dynamics changed in the last year or so uh, as far as you know in direct com- uh, competition with Infinera now that Huawei is is has been somewhat neutralized in those uh, rather large markets? Well, it, you know, it certainly Phil opens up opportunities for. Uh, U.S. manufacturers of optical communications like ourselves. So, you know, when the number one market leader kind of has to take a proverbial knee and on the mm-hmm. sideline, um, it opens up market share that over the next five years should be uh, very available for us to replace them in, in places like Europe, uh, South America, uh, Asia. And so that's a wonderful thing. Um, they are still, though, remember, they are government supported. So, they are still driving hard and will continue to be our biggest uh, competitor from an optical chipset perspective. And so this, in, in some sense, helps us even the playing field from that perspective, meaning the government helping incent and ensure mm-hmm. dollars just don't go to the big names, of, you know, Intel, Broadcom and others, but go to companies like ours um, does help us kind of even that playing field with, with Huawei on a global basis from the semiconductor standpoint. In, uh, so it was about a year ago, I think, that you um, sort of reorganized Infinera into two business units. Um, you're, you were focusing on optical systems and then focusing also on the subsystems market. That's right. Um, how has that been? How has that reorganization taken hold, and how and how has it been going in terms of uh, you know the market acceptance of of the of of Infinera's uh, specialization? I guess. No, I, I think fan, anytime you can organize something that allows you to better understand your customer and get closer to your customer, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a major positive step. And we see in the network this idea of optical pluggables are beginning to go in the backs of switches and routers and all the network equipment that's out there. Think of uh, these uh, optical transceivers being kind of the what a USB port was to a PC you know, 15 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It becomes a pathway to be able to get data. Well, this, you know, optics and fiber are driving to connect data centers, uh, mobile RAN, you know, all the equipment on the edge of the network at mobile edge compute into switches, servers, and routers. And when you look at the back of one of those devices, you know, my my view is that 40% of that bill of materials three to four years from now for a router will actually be the coherent pluggables that go into the back of it. Hmm, okay. And so this separation has allowed us to not only sell systems, but to independently sell those coherent optics using our fab and hmm. our semiconductors to be able to sell into whether it's a Juniper router or an Ericsson Edge uh, uh, RAN or whether it's a Dell uh, server. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's an enormous opportunity for us. And so we felt like we really needed to organize in those two separate entities to better understand, you know, our customers' needs, the go-to-market, and the technical requirement. So now in the subsystem space, you can, like you said, sell uh, specific technology to a, a wider group of companies. They don't necessarily, you know, as opposed to um, the optical systems group, which is sort of, uh, you know, a fully baked a uh, complete system that's you know moving wavelengths from here to there, so you're 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 sort of taking advantage of and th- and then I assume I guess that your your own technology is helping make the 
production process of the optical systems uh, a little bit more straightforward from your point of view. That's right. That's right. We're our own customer, but mm-hmm. but you know when you think about a a Juniper or a, do they really want to buy uh, their, their plugs from their main competitor that's making routers as well at Cisco, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and by the way, coopetition is 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 always been a reality in the in the telco infrastructure space. But sure. because we don't compete and make switches and routers and and servers and ed- edge equipment. We become a more natural, open, trusted uh, you know partner uh, to be able to help supply that huge uh, portion of the bill of materials or material content to connect all those devices for the next five to ten years. Another big trend in that space too is the you know the idea of securing multiple suppliers you know for any uh, major uh, you know provider of infrastructure or mover of uh, data so um, so yeah I think right it's definitely the uh, the right time to be in that space because like you said you've got suppliers like Cisco that you know invested heavily into getting into that space and 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 having that capability but they're you know, they, uh, there are certain companies that maybe only want to buy so much stuff from Cisco. <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I think if, if the last couple of years have taught us anything on the supply chain, having more than one supplier yeah. uh, using open interfaces, you know, super, super important. <laughs> you know, it's certainly a boardroom discussion for us and, and for our customer base and has been for the last uh, two years. So uh, what's the update on uh, 800 gigabits per second systems? Because that's kind of the, uh, as, as we talk about, you know, high capacity wavelength, moving them over long distances and, uh, you know, getting all those bits from point A to point B, that, that's, the, that's the kind of the newer emerging part of that market. Um, uh, it's starting to show up. I know that Infinera has announced that it has, uh, you know, 800 gig customers, uh, all lined up. How does, uh, how is that market going so far? And, and, and I know this is also, if I'm not mistaken, this is like a, the beginning of a maybe five, six year cycle, right? Yeah. Very long cycle. As you see kind of the network divide itself, you know, in 400 gig interfaces moving up from 100, um, the timing couldn't be, couldn't be better. And so this has been our fastest uptake of a generation of technology. It's 800 gig. We call it I6 is our, is our product line. Mm-hmm. And so it's been doing very well uh, within the web scale and the uh, communication service provider community. And you're right. Uh, it's been to our expect uh, ahead of our expectation in terms of its adoption curve. And we've talked to wall street about it, you know, within its first year of, of production being 20 to 25% of our revenue, despite the supply chain environment, Wow. Okay. Um, and we're on pace to that. And the good news is uh, because we do our own fab on these transponders, we kind of own the supply chain here. Uh-huh. So you don't have to wait for lots of outside uh, elements coming from you know markets that might have been shut down uh, due to COVID or due to other supply chain concerns. Mm-hmm. How, uh, uh, how much is the are those supply chain worries uh, s- sort of still affecting your business from you know from the shutdown in 2020? Uh, look, I think overall it's it's you know it's semiconductors in general, microchips and things that hit power supplies and fans and just ancillary items mm-hmm. that continues to plague the the telecom infrastructure community. You know, I think last quarter was the worst of it 
we kind of, I would call a bottom, you know, yeah. last, last quarter, I think you'll see it slightly attenuate and get better. And in, in, uh, in the back half of this year, uh, I still expect some impact in 23 and for us, hopefully Phil, not to be talking about supply chain in 24. I think the capacities will be there in this bill, um, is a big piece of making sure this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. That the demand for these kind of semiconductors, whether it's in the optical world or whether it's for electric vehicles or for sensors, um, look, we just see the number of actual semiconductors in use going up at a log scale. Yeah, and 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 uh, with the you know investment uh, earmarked and ready to be unlocked, you know, through various ways. Um, what I think uh, you know the administration seems to have done is is. Uh, make it so that the U.S. can kind of invest in its own capacity in 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 a lot of different industries at once, which uh, you know we'll hopefully see the the benefits of that in the years to come. Um, Infinera CEO David Hurd, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, 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 give us your insights. Phil, thank you for taking the time. We're really looking forward to this next major uh, wave of innovation and what it'll do to our ability to accelerate uh, the pace of technology for our customers, for consumers in the USA. Excellent. Excellent.